Oh, life's a breeze with you, Miss Lily White, on the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. <coughs> <laughs> Okay, folks, welcome to Debacle 17 of the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. Uh, the intro there was uh, American Nightmare by the Misfits off the Legacy of Brutality album. Um, one of their, I think, one of their cooler tunes, um, you can really hear the very, very, very obvious influence that Elvis had on Glenn Danzig singing. And uh, I always really enjoyed that tune. So, uh, again, American Nightmare by the Misfits, go check it out. Uh, it's it's kind of a hoot. The rest of that album is a little bit darker than that, uh, even though that one's about uh, hitting somebody in the head with a hatchet. Go figure. Anyway, on today's debacle, we have an old buddy of mine, Brett Wilson. Uh, he is a uh, landscaping supervisor and all-around kick-ass dude who lives in Florida. Known Brett for a long time. We uh, actually att attended a lot of church functions together. Um, which I know some of you may find startling that uh, good old Uncle Jimbo uh, did go to church uh, and still kind of does at times. Um, been on the board of uh, church committees as well, um, like on the board of directors for churches. But that's another story for another podcast that uh, you probably have absolutely no interest in. So let's, uh, without any further ado and Tom's stupidry for me, uh, let's get into what Brett has to talk about. We talk a little bit today about plants and punk and uh, boundaries and uh, and odd old cell phones. So give it a listen, and I will see you on the other side. Brett Wilson of Esterline, one of my oldest friends and um, closest confidants. Um, real solid dude, and... Um, we, we share an awful lot of punk, and we share an awful lot of music in general, and um, I've known him for longer than I've known most of my children, so kind of kind of cool, but um, welcome to the show, Brett. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, let's see. I'm Brett Wilson. I'm here in sunny Florida, or Florida if you're not from here, um, down in Sarasota, Manatee County. Uh, I'm a landscaper by trade. Um, I'm the general manager of Estraline Landscape. We do custom residential, commercial, uh, landscape irrigation, and maintenance. Cool. cool. So what's the weather like in Florida right now? Uh, it's about 93 degrees, a little... Holy shit. A little, uh, little tepid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's the, the average temperature in the summer there? Uh, about the same. Low yeah. 90s. Believe it or not, it's, you know, I mean, it's the beauty of living in Florida. Um, it is hot, but it, it's a lot hotter elsewhere in the summer than it is here. And I live, you know, a half a mile from the beach. So that helps. Uh, I get wet and cooled off pretty quick. Um, the difference is we don't have winter. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were in Phoenix a couple of months ago and it was 115. Yeah, I've never seen 115 here. It hits 100 maybe three days out of the year. And it's literally, you know, you're in a parking lot and, your car screams that it's gonna 
it's going to spontaneously combust if you don't find air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, you know. yeah. I actually had a lot of trouble with my phone, my iPhone. Yeah. If it gets too hot, they don't work. Yeah. If I, if I left it sitting anywhere, if it wasn't in my pocket, it just, it would overheat. And I have done that on a couple live at lunch videos where I use my phone as a, as a Bluetooth hookup and, uh, <laughs> leave it out in the sun and I'm in the middle of some, some orchard somewhere talking about trees and all of a sudden it goes, yep, your phone's done and it's yeah. too hot. You need to invent like a jelly case or, you know, some sort of cooling case for phones. Um, I haven't my seen cooler that. works great. Uh, believe it or not, putting it in my cooler works great, but yeah. then I forget it's in my cooler and I don't answer it for a time until I'm suddenly hungry or thirsty. Yeah, I think we all answer our phones too damn much anyway. I, I, I resisted for years getting the cell phone um, until probably 2005 or six somewhere in there. No, you had one before that. Mm -mm. Really? No. Um, the, the, first tele, the, the first cell phone I bought was when we were doing uh, the Tom Apodaca senatorial campaign. And wow. Yeah, he started in 2007 with the campaign, so it would have been 2007. That's when I first got uh, You held out a long time. I did. I did. I didn't want it. it, it it's, they're a pain in the ass. I, don't, I never felt like people needed to reach me 24 hours a day. Um, On a personal level, I love that idea, and the day I retire is the day I give a phone sailing lessons. Yep. Um, and, and it can sink or swim on its own. I will not provide any sort of resuscitation. But I've had one since 98. Yeah. I mean, not since their inception, but when Nextel was the thing, that was the world's longest leash. And now I would, uh, I mean, I, my customers know I'm, I'm the one that answers his phone and I answer it at 10 o'clock at night and four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, it's a necessary evil now. Yeah. Do you, do you find that to be a problem though? Answering phones at all hours? Do you, do you find that sometimes clients take that. advantage of that? For me, no. Um, I'm pretty good at setting some boundaries, but and it's usually the client that really has a, an absolute need. Um, probably more so is the email, and I, I do get some really strange emails at three in the morning that I don't see till I get up a half hour later. Yeah. Uh, but those are, you know, that's that's the customary form of communication for for a lot of the clients because you know they're going to transfer some information. A lot of times, I tell anybody if you have a conversation with me, there's no guarantee it actually took place. <laughs> if you put it in some form of written communication, it's sent electronically. There's there's a record of it, and you can you can prove to somebody beside me that I said what I said. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the older I get, the less memory I have. Yeah, there, me too. There's no 128 gig you know drive that I can stick in a stick in an ear or anything that makes me remember more. Yeah, yeah, it's that's hard though. I mean, uh, that's something that I struggle with too, especially with social media and, and instant messenger and all that stuff. Um, it's difficult sometimes. You know, you have clients that feel like any time is fair game, um, and you know, and as a person, as a as a father, I know you're a dad, and yep. as a husband, you know, there are times that you don't want to deal with clients. I mean, you don't want to hear them. You don't want to. You don't want to think about them. You don't want to think about your job. You just you want to be left alone to be a human being outside of work. And yeah. and and some clients get it, some don't. Um, but it's it's difficult to set that that boundary or that expectation when when communication is so easy and so instant. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of times that I won't answer an instant message or a phone call or something, just knowing that 
um, if I do that, it's going to set a precedent for, you know, let's call James at three in the morning, you know, drunk dial. And, yeah. and I actually have gotten a few, a few good drunk dials from clients and those, those I don't mind so much because they're always just silly. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the 3 a.m., hey, is my logo done yet? Call is. Uh, I usually, my response is geared toward that boundary because, you know, if it's a first time client or somebody I haven't known very long and they, you know, they call me, you know, at, at 630, I've just sat down to eat and I answer and go, hey, uh, if this is really important, we can talk, but I'm kind of having dinner it kind of sets the tone for a later conversation that, you know, maybe he's not okay with me calling anytime. And I prefer, you know, Hey, if it's really important, shoot me an email. Cause I'll respond to that quickly. Right. Um, well, and then you got paper. Yeah, I need you. Yeah. I need your, I need you to call me back right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And I get those texts a lot. Um, you know, it's, I, I got, you know, a lot of employees as well. And, uh, that's, that's one of my, you know, one of my big pet peeves is, you know, don't ever wait 24 hours to respond to somebody during business hours. Yeah. And if call at four o'clock and yeah, I get it. You're on a job, you're busy, whatever. Call them back that day. Um, even if you got to leave a message, but always, always throw that communication both ways. So it's not, it's not a dead, there, there's nothing worse than having a client say, yeah, well, I called you and no one ever responded. Right. That's yeah. one of the things that I guess that's the necessary evil with communication. And you know, my favorite quote is, you know, the danger in communication is the illusion that it has been accomplished. And, uh, and I'm the most guilty of that in the world just because I told you to do it doesn't mean you heard what I said or understood what I said. And, you know, it's easy to do in a phone conversation. Hey, I need 14 of these, three of these, and I need it by two o'clock. And by the time I get back to the office, it's, I needed three of these and 27 of these and they need it next week. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you find that communication is, is more difficult with clients or with, with employees? Employees. Employees, yeah. That's yeah, the expectations are different. You know, the, the client's expectation is for me to fulfill a service or a need. And, uh, you know, I have that same expectation of my employees. And that's, there's an easy breakdown. There's a lot of material in, in what I do. Um, there's a lot of places to miscommunicate and uh, without processes. And we have a lot of them, but they still break down. And, and, and sometimes they're as mundane and simple as somebody forgot to call somebody about a tree. Uh, or, you know, and, and with, with the weather here, things can change in the blink of an eye. I mean, you know, we get, we get the roll on hurricanes, tornadoes, and, oh, it's too hot. I can't work today because I got heat stroke, which actually means I had 12 team too many cervezas yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's strange. I, communicating with clients is, is one thing. My, one, of, one of my big struggles with that is, is putting off, you know, oh, I got a communication. I know I need to communicate with this person. I'll do it, you know, in an hour and then an hour goes by and I've forgotten about it because I was, my brain was on another project or my brain was somewhere else. So this, that, that keeping track of, of communications is difficult. And, and you mentioned process. I know that, you know, a lot of us have processes. I've got processes and, uh, you know, our business has processes, all that stuff, but the process is only as good as the person take or going through the process. Um, and if you're lazy about the process or you just say, oh, well, that's just part of the process and I'm going to skip that step, um, it, it gets dangerous. It gets I agree. Dangerous. So. I agree. We jump outside that process. And the nice thing is, uh, you know, we're in a, we're in a service industry that it just requires, it requires manual labor. It requires a lot of physical labor. It also requires a lot of, a lot of thought and a lot of process for the front end of it. And getting it all to meet um, 
you have to have the right people. You know, team building is one of the, probably one of the hardest things. And, and we constantly talk, I have, I have meetings with managers and, and other employees uh, quite a bit. And we talk about, you know, how, how our communication sucks at times, you know, the expectation because, you know, I'm the general manager, I say, go do this and everybody scrambles to do it. Isn't a great process, you know, and, and I'm, I'm probably the most guilty of stepping outside of the processes that make us efficient and make us profitable because, uh, you know, Hey, I got a fire to put out, go do this. And there's, you know, the process is gone. Yeah. So, you know, it, it really, it's keeping me, keeping me in that process more so than, than they, the people that work for me. Cause they're actually pretty good at it. When they drop the ball, it's minor. Yeah. You know, when I drop the ball, it's major. Yeah. I would say, you know, when you cost me a hundred bucks, it's not a big deal, but I, I never, I never cost us just a hundred bucks. Yeah. I wish well, I that's, that's the problem with managerial stuff. You know, you really do. Yeah. You, the, the higher up you get in the chain, the more responsible you are and the, the heavier, the heavier balls you get to drop. Yeah. So. Cool. 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 Well, uh, you ready for the dreaded five questions? Absolutely. All right. The, these I think are going to be, some of these are going to be easy for you. Some of them might be a little bit difficult, but, um, you know, knowing you and knowing your tastes, um, I think you're going to dig some of these too. Um, question number one, and this is one that I ask all the people and, and, in, and in maybe various formats, but I ask the people this all the time. Um, what is punk? Uh, I have a prepared statement from an attorney. Now, um, you know, it's funny. I've listened to your podcast, everyone you've done so far. And I, I, I get a chuckle out of this, this question. Um, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the textbook answer. Um, punk is just against the system. Anything that goes against the grain. That's, that's, that was its intent for, from the start is just to not be, not be friendly to the common, um, and the problem with that, it became common. That's that's what punk became. It became commonplace. Um, from a musical standpoint, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, from a musical standpoint, there was a time that your favorite band, U2, would have been would have been categorized as punk. Um, you and I both know that not to be true, but it, it became a genre when its intention originally. You know, if you look into the seventies, uh, punk was not a genre. It was all over the place because I'm sorry, Deborah Harry's not punk, never has been, never will be. But she was, you know, she spearheaded that campaign. And if you take the guys that, that were on the cutting edge of that originally, um, they were all over the place from country to thrash to metal to uh, real poppy stuff to some ska and reggae. It was all over the place, yeah, you know. Yeah, reggae was a huge, huge influence. Sure. I mean, and you take the, the biggest, you know, the biggest punk influences early on in, in the London scene or the England scene with, with Gen X with the clash with, you know, and everybody says sex pistols, that's punk. And, you know, they were kind of a commercial band that was trying to, trying to make something different. So, and to me now what punk, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I've never truly considered myself punk. I've always been a metalhead that liked punk, goth, ska, reggae. If it wasn't on the radio, I listened to it. Um, and then sadly, the older I get, I, I can all of a sudden listen to hair bands and go, Oh, wow. I remember hearing this and, you know, wanting to beat somebody up. Um, and now I can appreciate a little bit of music that I never did before. Um, but punk now, it, I, truly, I think it just means doing your own thing. Okay. Not following, not, not fitting the mold. And, and that hasn't changed to me. You know, punk was a fashion statement for a long time. And, and roping somebody into that was damn near impossible. It still is. Yeah. So, to me, it's, it's just, it's doing your own thing. Yeah. Do, do you think Malcolm McLaren killed punk? 
Mm. No. No. I think radio killed punk. Okay. Well, and you too. Um, yeah. I, I think whether or not you two actually killed anything, I'm still blaming them for the death. You can blame them. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and you two being punk and not punk actually kind of leads us into the next question. What is the least punk part of your business? The least punk? Um, wow. Probably the process. Probably our process is the least punk. Um, it's standardized. We try to do, be repetitive so that it's not nothing. There's no left, left field stuff coming at you. Um, we try to you know, get a system in place that, that this stuff can be a little more cookie cutter. Because when you're doing custom landscape, um, if, you don't, if you're not repetitive in your process, some things can go really wrong. So that would probably be the absolutely least punk thing is trying to get processes and systems in place that guys can be a little more foolproof. They can't step outside of the box too much um, so that they do quality work all the time. Yeah. So it's rules then. Yeah, is absolutely. That, do, you, do you think then that maybe that's, that's the real definition of punk is no rules? Yeah, I think originally it was because, you know, I mean, you and I both flirted with that scene quite a bit and, and there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of rules, but you know, the problem with that, as soon as there is, everybody recognizes that there's no rules. Suddenly there are rules. Yeah. Then you get the hierarchy and everything else. There's a pecking order and you're not punk enough. Right. Right. Your shoes aren't cool enough. Right. You're wearing vans. Those are no longer punk. Those are commercial. Yeah. You're wearing docks. Yeah. No yeah. Bob Dylan, no Tracy Chapman. You're yeah, Johnny Cash. We can't we can't be listening to that anymore because now everybody's listening to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Um, question number three, um, probably ir- irrelative to rules or punk or anything. How do you deal when a client? What do you? How do you deal with a client who gets upset? Wow. Um, well, being that I'm in a in a very specific service industry, I have quite a few. Um, and it really depends on the situation. Um, I'm, I'm fairly personable. Um, I'm also larger than the average person. So upset to me and upset to other people may not be the same. I don't get, I don't get screamed at and, you know, people getting irate like that, but you know, I do get, I do get complaints. Um, the biggest thing I try to do is, is no matter what, uh, make good on the services, um, make good on the promises. Um, our, our, uh, our company motto is earning trust by delivering results. And if someone's upset with, with me or something, you know, my company has done and, you know, that trust has been broken because we haven't delivered the results. The only solution I have is to deliver the results at whatever cost that, whatever cost that is. And sometimes that cost is minor. Sometimes it's extravagant. Um, but the cost of that bad brand awareness or that bad, that bad PR um, that people might say, you know, they don't ever do what they say they're going to do. That's, that's something I can't live with. You know, it's something as a company we talk about a lot. And, uh, you know, I have, I have, uh, some ownership above me that that's important to them. You know, no matter what, we want to put out a product that people are proud of, but I want, I want to be proud of it. You know, I'm driven by being better than people. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be good enough. I want to be better. So. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. You know, reputation is, is certainly important. I mean, you know, and, and delivering on the, as long as you deliver on the services, everything else beyond that is personal opinion. 
Absolutely. You know, and and we all know you can't change a, you can't change somebody's opinion. Nope. If they come in and they want to be butt hurt, they're going to be butt hurt. But if you deliver what you said you're going to deliver, yep, they really can't blame you. Look, I'm I'm six foot one, two hundred fifty pounds, tattoos, long hair, have a, a storied and colorful past, um, and it, it I'm sure for some clients that's not easy to get past. Here's the guy I got to deal with, and I try very hard to make sure that that what I what I promise I can absolutely deliver on, because for some people it is hard to get past that exterior. You know, I'm not the I don't look like the friendliest person that's going to walk up and hug you, when in truth. I may respond that way. I may respond to make you uncomfortable because I love a good man hug on somebody that's really nervous. You are a good hugger too. I can attest to that. Doing well too. All right. (laughs) Number four. Um, And and I've, I've seen you doing some stuff and you know, that you're live at lunches and, and other promo stuff on social media. Um, So that leads to, to question number four. What is your least uh, favorite thing about social media marketing? Developing content. Hmm. Um, and for all you podcast list, podcast listeners, if you don't know this, then uh, I'll just spill the beans on James. He's the one that wrote me into doing my live at lunch, which I try to do every Thursday at noon. Um, sometimes, sometimes I don't have anything and I got to kind of pull some stuff out of my butt to make it happen. Um, it's outside of my comfort zone. Um, and it's not just, that's just one media outlet that I use, but even, even developing Instagram posts and Facebook posts and website content that's relevant, that's, uh, that's eye-catching, that, you know, it's a landscape company. How, how many p- pictures of palm trees can you put up before somebody goes, come on, man? Yeah. Um, I've had and, enough of the grass. Yeah, and, and, and at the same time, not make people think, yeah, big deal. We kind of want to be a big deal. We want to be somebody that, that we choose. And I kind of followed a rule that, <clears throat> well, you gave it to me, that 80-20 rule with 80% being um, you know, business-related and 20% being personal. So you know, I put some stuff on there, the stuff that I like to do for fun. Um, you know, there's pictures of my kids on there. There's pictures of my dog and, and my wife and the stuff we do in our spare time. But you know, a majority of it is the stuff that I do at work and what I try to do is find customers that are willing to participate in that with me. So if I've got a customer that, that has a nice, uh, a nice warm fuzzy feeling that would care to share that, I'm actually going to get that on video and put it out there. Um, you know, try not to blow anybody's anonymity or, um, you know, or, or give out any personal information, um, you know, addresses, stuff like that. When you're standing in front of somebody's house, I try to try to keep some of that personal stuff out of there. But, you know, I do stuff that is personal. It's, it's in somebody's yard. It's their home. Um, and that's, it, it's, it's really hard to drive content that, that's pliable, that's, that's likable, and that's, that's material to what we do and what people might, might want to watch. It's landscape. Not everybody wants to do it. Well, I mean, it, something you said, maybe this is kind of interesting. Um, you know, what you do ultimately is very personal. I mean, you're you're building you're building an environment that people live in, mm-hmm. you know, and there's not really a whole lot. I mean, there's really not much more that's personal. I mean, maybe underwear or sex or you sure. know, stuff like that. But I mean, you do you do something that is very personal, and I think that you know a lot of a lot of these landscape companies and a lot of these people out there kind of marketing this stuff get a little bit too technical. 
um, and talk, you know, it's, it's about plants and it's about brick pavers and it's about all this other stuff. But the truth is you're developing a living space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just by, by the very nature of what you're selling, it screams for a personal touch because people want to, you know, you can go to Lowe's and get plenty of landscaping stuff sure, and throw it out in the yard and it might look fabulous or it might look terrible. But people want a great looking place. They want great looking landscaping and they want it to be, you know, comfortable for them. Comfortable. If it's a business, they want it to be comfortable for their, um, you know, for their customers or whoever drives by. Um, It's a very personal thing. Um, And I think that, the way that you're approaching it makes, sorry, there's a fly still in here. Um, I think the way you're approaching it makes a lot of sense because, you know, people, people want to know that somebody is taking personal care in developing a, a space for them to live in. Um, and so I think it, it makes sense for you to be personal and be, um, you know, be the nice guy, um, you know, be the hugger, be the, you know, be the dad, be the surfer, be the, be the beach bum guy. Um, because it, it shows people that you're a human being. You're not just you're not just showing up with a truckload of stuff from Lowe's and putting it right. in your heart. Well, and that's that's the whole point of that 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 live stuff um, and putting stuff on Facebook, putting it on Instagram, putting it on Twitter. You know, I've got multiple avenues that I'm you know that I try to push um, some more than others. And what we've tried to do is there's two other GMs in the company. We have you know three locations, and we try to you know, match content. If somebody shares something from Tampa, I share it down in Sarasota and vice versa in Orlando. But, you know, to come across as somebody that's approachable, somebody that's personable and, you know, an expert in the field, that's, it's hard to fulfill all those roles and content becomes a a difficult thing to pick. You know, I've been trying to talk about organics uh, for the last couple of months because it's, it's a hot button. And, and you know, this, I'm the least, um, earth friendly hippie type in the world to, to be honest, my, my wife very much is, but you know, I, I just, it's never appealed to me. Um, and becoming a responsible member of the green community, I'm seeing that it, it just has to go this way before too long. And we're going to, we're going to do more damage than, than good and trying to get people interested in that. There's so much out there and it's hard not to become mundane and expert and, you know, this, uh, this authority on the subject and keep it fun. So I try to keep those brief. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The hardest thing to, to keep up with for me is content. There's only so many trees you can put in the ground and talk about irrigation, the most boring thing in the world, unless you let a sprinkler hit you in the face. Um, then, then at least it's funny. Yeah. That's what you should do to start having like failure videos. Yeah. People just love <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. People should just follow me around. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You to follow me around or a GoPro attached to my back. How many times a day does Brett fall down? So, all right. The last question, um, and this one was crafted especially for you. Oh, sure. Very, very important. All right. Uh, ass, grass, or gas? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> see, I got clients watching this. Yeah, but see, we're, we're talking and about the grass, man. The grass. Okay. I'm, I'm not the drug, man. Come on. I know. Gas. Yeah. Gasoline's great, isn't it? Gas. You do so much with it. I'm, you know, 
I, I have a former life where I was on a lifetime ban from fireworks on three separate occasions that you were privy to one of them. Uh, my daughter would understand that comment. I won't go into detail, but definitely gas. Yes, gas is good. Was it the, the Joker, you know, said it's amazing what you can do with a couple of gallons of gasoline and a few bullets. Yep. Anyway, so any, those are your five questions. You're all done. That's the hard part. It's, um, you know, you, it's barely painless. You made it through. You made it through. You should give yourself a pat on the back. I always do. So in, in conclusion, give us a little bit of, of value, a pep talk. Uh, tell us a little, you know, give us links to where you're at, and, um, and we'll roll out of here. All right. Uh, first, you can find me on Facebook, Brett Wilson. There's, there's uh, two different – I have a personal page, too, that, that I don't use near as much, but I got one that uh, links up to my Instagram, Local Green Guy, uh, and Local Green Guy on Twitter. Um, I have a Pinterest page. I'm not sure why. I think it's just to, just to satisfy some weird thing. I don't know. Yeah, people, uh, people swear by Pinterest, and I still I, have I don't, zero value. I don't see the value, yeah. Uh, LinkedIn, just under Brett Wilson, and our website is astralinelandscape.com. Um, all of us are linked together, so if you want to look out anything on our company, um, we're, we're pretty much an open book. Um, value, I will go right back to that communication piece. Like I said, my favorite, uh, my favorite quote ever is uh, – the danger in communication is the illusion that it has been accomplished. And I think every day of my life, um, I should tattoo that backwards on the back, you know, on, the, on my forehead so I can see it in the mirror first thing, because it's absolutely something paramount to everything I do. And, and it's, it, it's truly the thing I'm the worst at. Um, yes, I can talk. I, I can talk all day. I can exhaust myself and everyone around me. I can be eloquent. I can be loud. I can be verbose and I can be downright ugly. Um, but effective communication is something that I, I think I will always have to work on and building a client base. Um, we're actually building our client base through acquisition. And so I have, you know, hundred new clients to, uh, to communicate with. And it's so difficult to find the nuances. There's, there's no set way to communicate with any one person. Um, and finding the differences between us is, it'll be a challenge my whole life. Um, and, and I, I, I think that's wonderful. Cool, cool. Well, Mr. Wilson, thank you. You're this, welcome. This has been wonderful. Um, you know how I feel about your brother. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and um, I hope that that people get to go check you out. Um, and you know, it's it's not just it's not just landscaping, people. It, it really isn't. Brett's a Brett's a great guy. He's got interesting stuff to say, and. Um, and some really educational stuff. I mean, he, he talked about grass before, and as, as dumb as it sounds, he said some stuff about grass. I was like, that's actually pretty fucking cool. Um, so I like it. I like it. Yeah, we have brought the other 35 years of my life, so. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, We're being uh, specific. That's cool. Yeah. It's all good, man. It's all good. Well, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it, Brett, and, uh, and we will talk later. Yeah, I love you, man. It's you. See you, buddy. All right, folks, that about wraps it up for this debacle of the uh, Uncle Jimbo sideshow. Jeez, sometimes English is hard. I hope you enjoyed that little convo with Brett. Uh, He's a real good dude. Do definitely go check him out and, um, yeah, see what he's all about. He's, uh, there'll there'll be some links in the description. You can also uh, head over to Facebook and check out my profile. 
Uh, he's a friend there, and he comments quite regularly. Uh, real solid dude. Real solid dude. So, anyway, uh, while you're here and while I've got you, don't forget to subscribe and like. Uh, rate this as five stars. Uh, promote it. Don't forget to go over Twitter and tweet it on out. Uh, and be sure to head to UncleJimbo.us to check out uh, more podcasty goodness. And uh, and while you're out there on the internet, be sure to visit James P.M. Gaffney and buy my shit. But mainly, uh, go out and be nice to somebody. Go out and give somebody a hug. Uh, even if it's virtually, just go out and uh, uh, hug a neck. It's good. It's good for you. It's good for the universe. It's good for everybody. Uh, and while you're hugging next, don't forget to uh, promote my show for me. I'd really like it if you'd share it, if you'd tag your friends, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking out a full-page ad in your local newspaper. Uh, don't forget to blast it out in every Facebook group that you're in. Uh, put it on your timeline. Put it over in Instagram. Uh, Instagram stories are a great way to promote, and I really appreciate it. If you go, uh, put some love over there. So uh, don't forget.